Welcome back to the Help Myself Podcast. I am your host, John M. Singletary Sr. You see me looking off into the distance. <laughs> he laughing because we got John M. Singletary Jr. here in the house, a.k.a. LJ. That's my co-pilot. That's who I do it for. And welcome to the world's most dangerous podcast. And the reason why it is the world's most dangerous podcast is because we are taking the power and putting it back where it belongs. And that is in the hands of the people. And the people are you. So uh, I'm super excited about tonight's episode. Uh, I said to you, we only do Facebook Live now when I got a guest. And guess what, y'all? I got a special guest. But before we get to my guest, man, let's pay some of these bills right quick with my first sponsor, Wiley's Woodworks, which is a veteran-owned company, customized woodworking. Listen. Uh, if you reach out to them, tell them that John Singletary from the Help Myself podcast sent you. Let's check out a little video and show you what they do and how you can get in touch with them. You saw that on the screen. That's uh, www.wileywoodworks.com. Instagram is at jwileywoodworks uh, on the Instagram. So check them out. And again, like I said, tell them that I sent you. But now let's get to the meat of what we're here for. Tonight's guest is none other than Erica Warren. She is the host of the Dope Discussions Live podcast. Listen, they got it going on. They're going to hit you with that dope. <laughs> She's also a self-love coach, and she's just an all-around inspirational person to me. I will get into that a little bit more, but without further ado, let's bring Erica to the stage. Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey, John. How you doing? <laughs> Man, I can't complain. I am elephant-elated and giraffe-glad, hippopotamus-happy, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> you all the animals in the zoo. All the well, not the snakes. I'm gonna leave the snakes. <laughs> but how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me to the Help Myself podcast. Listen, it was only a matter of time. It was inevitable. I was just waiting on the right time. You know, uh, you stay busy. You always got a lot going on. So I wanted to make sure that uh, I did it at a time that fit in your schedule. And you were so hospitable to. Yeah make yourself available so i'm super excited about that so um i did my introduction is there anything you want to add in your personal introduction that you want to tell everybody about well my name is erica warren i am a resident of hammond louisiana i'm in the boots <laughs> i'm a mother of four sons um uh, I, I've been in the banking industry for over 15 years. I'm a self-love coach, uh, podcast, and I got into podcasting because it was something that's therapeutic for me. It's kind of like a mini therapy session every time we get together <laughs> because I live a lot of my life being very quiet, very introverted. I had a lot of thoughts and things that I wanted to share, but at a time in my life where I was too, um, I didn't have enough confidence to share it. So now that I'm in a place in my life where I feel like what I have to say 
is valuable to whoever will, you know, listen to it and take heed to it. And so I got into podcasting after becoming uh, an author of women's inspirational books. So once I did that, that inspired me to just keep using my voice because I wanted the conversations to keep going. Uh, you want to talk a little bit more about this book? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I co-authored a book called Dear Young Woman. It's a uh, it's an anthology, a collection of true life stories of women getting together, just sharing an, an experience or something, a life lesson for the younger generation of women. So that started it. That sparked me to want to do it again. And so I did two more books, uh, anthologies with women, just inspirational stories, because I have stories for days. <laughs> you got stories for days. Okay, we're gonna try to pull some of them stories out of you, man. You know? <laughs> yes. Right. Well, let me let me and you know what? She's also the person who I got my black podcasters t-shirt from. And y'all saw me, you know, popping my my swag and, and wearing my drip. And oh, I love it. It's a great conversation starter. I was outside waiting on LJ's bus the other day and somebody came by and started asking questions. You're a black podcaster? I'm like, yep, I'm a podcaster. And guess what? I'm black. And I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it brought up some great conversations. I got to talk more about what I do and, and what the Help Myself podcast is about. But we're not here to talk about the Help Myself podcast. We're here to talk about you. But I will share a little bit about how you've uh, impacted my journey. So uh, the collective that is known as uh, the Real Shop Talk, you mm -hmm. were so gracious to have us on your platform very early. It's been over a year. So in the infancy mm -hmm. of what what we were doing and, um, you know, obviously you and my boy, Derek Jones, y'all are tight. And so just being able to be in on those conversations and uh, coming in and checking out what you and your co-host Gator Live were, were up to and you know, um, you know, you really got us into some deep conversations and just watching how you move and how you carry yourself and the conversations that I've watched you become a part of. And I've noticed that you lend your voice to things that are like there's no frivolity to what you lend your voice to. You, you don't want to get out and share the tea. You want to share the tools and the keys to living better lives, encouraging people. And, and that's really, you know. And then, you know, obviously, <laughs> dope discussions is always entertaining. Like, I really wanted to get on the other night and talk about this dating game because, listen, here, the struggle <laughs> is R to the, you know what? No, I've been working. I've been working with my counselor and my life coach. We are not going to accept that the struggle is real. What does that even mean? We I know, right? Say that we are being tried by fire and we should come out purified. On the other side. <laughs> right. Derek don't like me when I say the, there's pee in the dating pool. He's like, don't, don't say that. <laughs> right, because the, one of the big things, me and him go back and forth on that. You know, what you put in the universe comes back. But I've always been inspired and motivated by how you carry yourself. And, um, you know, you were talking about you had something to say. You've always had something to say. I think with phenomenal people, it's always just a matter of having the courage to step up and say all of this stuff that you have to say. Because people that ain't got nothing to say, they always got the loudest voice. It yeah. seems like people with empty minds always got open mouths. Closed <laughs> minds always got open mouths. So. Exactly. I agree with that totally. <laughs> <laughs> but you got into it a little bit, but let's take a deeper dive. So 
what really inspired you to get into coaching, podcasting, being an author several times over, which is a revelation to me, like you've been hiding <laughs> this, this information. So what really got you started in all of that? Let's take a deep dive. Um, I, I, I just took some time out in my life to do a lot of self-reflection. Um, I wasn't happy with a lot of the decisions that I made, a lot of the uh, outcomes of decisions that I made in my past, um, specifically in relationships. And I, I noticed that it was time for me to make a change, a shift in my, in my mindset, my perspective, and in my environment with the people that I was being, you know, pouring, letting pour into my life. And so I spent a lot of time just um, cutting off a lot of toxic friendships, relationships, and just going through a season of being just by myself, just me and God, and being still and listening and focusing on what was my role in all of the things and the decisions that I've made and what was the common denominator in those things. And it was me. And I realized that I couldn't change anybody else. I could only change me and show up as a different person if I wanted to get different outcomes in my life. And so I, I started to gravitate towards uh, a new set of friends. I, I began making friends on Facebook. I started following people who were inspirational, who were being transparent and sharing a lot of their testimonies. And it um, it attracted me and I wanted to be closer to those type of people. So um, I met this girl on Facebook and we became friends. Her name is Alandria Lloyd and she has her own book publishing company. And she reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to um, co-author a book that she was getting together to share for, you know, to inspire a generation of younger women. And it was ironic because maybe a year before that, I said to myself that, you know, my motto in life was I will be the person that I wish I had when I was younger. And by her coming to me with that idea, I was like, well, that must be God talking. And so, you know, I got together with her and I think it was 21 other women and we co-authored Dear Young Woman and the conversations that came from that book and the friendships that I made from authoring that book, it just made me want to do more. And so after that book, after we did, you know, a lot of promotions and meeting up with young women and talking about our experiences, once it was over, I didn't want the conversations to stop. And so that's why I got into podcasting and I've been podcasting ever since. Man, and 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 a lot of the people that you've had on your show, I still follow to this day. Like, listen, you talk about compound interest of value. You like it just keeps on, keeps on. But I agree with you. Since I've gotten into podcasting, this community that we build, um, it's just an amazing thing. So I love it. I'm a fan. This boy right here. <laughs> I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> LJ. He got, he got a lot of, look, I say if I was 10% as popular as he was, he might have 10 brothers and sisters. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's how you got started. So what are your biggest influences, inspirations? Hmm. Um. It, it it may sound, you know, cliche, 
but we like cliches here. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey. That's Oprah not cliche Winfrey. At all. That's the first time I've heard that. Really? Oprah Winfrey, just hearing her story and her background and where she came from and the struggles that she overcame to be one of the most powerful black women in America is just amazing. And and then one of my new favorites is Viola Davis. I guess I'm just attracted to people who have a story, who have that underdog story, and you see them thriving and they're beautiful, they're powerful, people love them, people look up to them. And those two women are very inspirational to me. Um, just listen to their stories and what they've overcome. And I can identify with, you know, having low self-esteem as a young black girl and trying to find, you know, your identity in all of the wrong places. And then just coming to the realization that, you know, it's always been in me and it's always been me and God. Man. Ofri, oh, let me stop. Let me stop. No, oh, no, you said cliche. Listen, that most people come on and they say something cliche and flat, and it's not a bad thing. But they'll say, "Oh, my biggest inspiration is God," and I'm like, "Cool," but for you to have, that's a very specific skill set. So I think uh, we're gonna have to hold you accountable. So you're gonna become like the next Oprah, you know? Because when you get the billionaire status, it'll be like, you know, let me hold five dollars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I could be I could be more of the ratchet Oprah because, you know, Oprah polished and refined. Now, I I don't know if I'd be I got to I got to have a little of that ratchet this week. Ratchet wear. <laughs> ratchet wear. Ratchet yeah. wear. Listen, I be having to check my tone when I come on your show because I'm the one that be acting crazy. And you talking about ratchet. <laughs> you know, I'm from the boot now. I know you from the booth. You cook gumbo? Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm mad because my uh my former commander before I retired, he was from New Orleans, man. He brings some gumbo into the office. I told him, I said, man, I licked the bowl. I mean, I watched it <laughs> as a <laughs> you know, because it's the right thing to do, but man, I licked the bowl. It was so good. <laughs> I'm a yes, fan. Indeed. I had to check. Um <laughs> Derek Jones, man, look like we might have to get on the road, and go to Louisiana. My people are in <laughs> Beaumont, so I mean, that's just right across the border. So, man, yeah, Derek, know. Derek always sending me videos of um this this TikToker that he follows that does a lot of food um reviews in Louisiana. I'd be like, Derek, you gonna come down here and get a heart attack eating all that? <laughs> I know, man, because he always talks about how he's not picky. I'm like, listen, you go down to Louisiana, man, it'll change your life. I promise you. I yes. promise you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we didn't talk about your inspirations and your influences and your aspirational ratchet. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but here, what what's your resiliency story? Drop that on us. Hugh, um, Or my, one, my, of them. one of one them. of them. Well, this is this is be like the foundational resiliency story. I at a young age, I developed a fierce independence, and at that time, I didn't know it was a a trauma response to reaction 
to the absence of my father being in my life. And that became uh, a significant part of my identity because I wanted to, I never wanted to depend on anybody. And I always put up this, you know, this wall and this hard exterior that, you know, I can do it all by myself. I don't need anybody. And it was always a little girl in the inside crying, screaming for that attention. But, you know, I put on that armor to, to keep her protected. And I didn't realize that that little girl was the one who was making all of the decisions for me. Even when I kept trying to quiet her, even when I kept trying to deny her existence, it was her who was, you know, really in control of my life and really crying out for, you know, attention and validation and wanted to be heard. And once I really, and it, it's, it took me to be, you know, almost in my 40s to really acknowledge her and to let my wall down and to, you know, be okay with admitting that you are vulnerable, you are soft, you have been hurt before, you do want attention, you do want love, you do want comfort, you do want connection. You are not this hard person that you try to pretend to be. And that's one of my biggest that's one of the things that I'm most proud of of myself is that I've gotten to a point in my life now where I don't try to hide that anymore. I don't, you know, I don't fake it till I make it anymore because that was one of my biggest hurdles in life. One of my biggest um, burdens because I, I felt so heavy for so many years because I was holding on to the outside appearance but it was getting too, it was becoming too overwhelming to keep it up. Now, what is it about our 40s that has just, because let me tell you something, I go through all this life, been married, kids, all this stuff, getting my 40s and start to figure out the father wound that I'm dealing with and all this stuff. Man, these 40s ain't no joke. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I love the 40s though, because I feel, you know, our society, um, harps on the twenties, the twenties, you know, you, you got to go get a career. You got to start working on your goals and dreams in your twenties, but in your twenties, you're still really trying to figure out who you are. And so I think the thirties is that, that bridge where you start to learn, but in the forties, that's that sweet spot. It's like, I've made some mistakes. I've learned from them, but I'm still young enough now to carry it forward and apply it in an effective way. Yeah, because I think for me, the 40s where you start really having that courage to say, this ain't about what other people think, this is about me. And mm -hmm. you know, 20s, it was all about what everybody thought. Yes. <laughs> and I tell people all the time that it is sweet over here. My body might not be able to do all the stuff I used to do. <laughs> But it is sweet over here because I can live my truth. So, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And I really admire people who live in their truth, not trying to pretend for other people. I just, you know, I like connecting with those people and getting closer to them so that stuff can rub off on me. Me too.
Amen. <laughs> Amen. Like, look, <laughs> man, like, like we praying. I don't know if you've seen her. We praying for her, but we know, you know, the time is winding down. But the little, the little lady on uh, TikTok, TikTok. Instagram, and yes. she just be like, I enjoy. I'm like, yo, man, they keep playing that. And I'm like, y'all got me crying five times before <laughs> I start my day in the morning. But just how authentic she is. She might be a little bit much for some folks, but I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe not exactly like her, but you know, I don't want to be cussing everybody <laughs> But isn't it refreshing yes. to be around somebody who you know exactly where they stand and you know where you stand with them. There's no guessing about it. That's super refreshing because, and we've talked about this on your show. We've talked about this on different panels and stuff. There are people out here that'll make you think it's one way, and then you find out it really ain't that way, and then you having to deal with, and they just leave you with that. You trying to figure out like what? Yeah, no, yeah. Because it leaves you, know you in a, it, it leaves you in a mindset of, did I miss something? You know, are my skills and my skills ain't up to par? You know, I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> Yeah, have you second guessing yourself? <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, uh, I tell people all the time, I should be more mature, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't have to be anymore. You know. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> so no, that that's amazing. I tell you, it's been learning all this, you know, father wound, shadow work, um, man, counseling. I mean, obviously I did it before the 40s, but yeah, the 40s, look, we could do a, a whole show on how much of a revelation this fourth decade is turning out, to, or is it the fifth? Really, the fifth, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, you call it the fifth because we're working on it. Whatever, the 40s. <laughs> the 40s, the 40s. <laughs> for real, for real. Okay, so... If I was a fan, which I am, of Erica Warren, and I wanted some resources so that I could get in your field of expertise and, and get better at that, what would you suggest? Um, I kind of went through my little library of books, some things that I still reread to this day that... um made a big impact in the way that I shifted, the way I think, the way I view life, the way I um, operate in life. And this book here, I don't know if anybody's ever read it or heard of it. It's Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill is my guy, obviously thinking grow rich, but Outwitting the Devil, I'm going to have to add that to the library. Ooh, it is so, it's so eye-opening and it, it, it gives you a major mind shift, the way you view life and um, things that we do and why we do the things that we do. And a lot of the, the vices that we use in our lives to cope from day to day, it was, it was a real, um, you know, mind shift for me reading that book. And I reread it. I think I've read it over maybe 10 times. Right. You got to have books in your library that 
Like that's how I have my library sorted. Like there's a collection of books that are the ones that I, I had to touch up on once or twice a year at the very minimum, you know, and, and when you get a book like that, and I mean, we talking Napoleon Hill. So like, I already know is he's that dude, man. So he's I already the, know. It's amazing. Like when he wrote the book, there's a foreword in the book. When he wrote this book, there were so many people who were against him putting this information out that he didn't actually publish it. I think the book didn't get published until after he passed away because people were so against him putting out this information. Seriously? Oh, well, you know, if they were against us having the information, then that means I got to have it. I'm going to have Amazon it. tonight. <laughs> I will have that thing by... Man, if I do it in time, I'll have it tomorrow, but no later than Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's a good book. And even if you listen to the audio book, the audio version, it's it's powerful, impactful as well. I got a, a thing in my mind. Like, I have nothing against audio books. I think they're amazing, but I can't pay attention that way. I have to read because I need to create the scenes in my head. So I have yeah. to read. Audio books don't work because I won't pay attention. So. <laughs> Well, good. Get it in. Get it in your hand. I like that because like, you can't you can't let somebody borrow your audio book either. You know but, exactly. But you, know, you have a book in your hand, and be like, hold on to this. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to do it with that same voice. Hold on to this. Really? Got to do it like that. No, no. I'm gonna check that out. Anything else? I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, um, Brini Brown. I don't know if you ever read her. Brittany Brown is my girl. What? Come on yeah. now. Why did the, Atlas of the Heart on um on uh uh H HBO Max? Man, yeah. I, I got uh Dare to Lead, I got um I got a couple of other her books. So I'm trying to collect everything that she put out because I want to be the black male version of Brene Brown before it's all said and done. <laughs> I mean, I think she blew all of our minds though with the little YouTube shorts about seven, eight years ago talking yes. about her. So I think after that, it was just inevitable because it blew all of our minds, so. She, yeah, she just expanded my brain. This one is called The Gifts of Imperfection. Right. And coming from a former perfectionist who felt like I had to do everything perfect um, you know, from the outside aesthetic to be able to break that habit and to be able to show up imperfect, imperfect it perfectly in doing what I, you know, what I'm called to do and not feeling like I have to have it all figured out before I present it to the world. You know, that's huge. That was a huge uh, revelation for me that, you know, how can you be a perfect person and inspire a world of imperfect people? Say, listen, you know, I, I, you just, you just keep the, you keep, keep my mind spinning. I hate to jump in there, but I got to jump in on that because man, you said it. The, the perfection thing is our issue. And, you know, I learned this as, as a career salesman for the air force, but also in coaching and consulting and all that. We got to understand that what we have to give ain't for us. Yeah. And too many times we take the gift that we've yeah. been given to give to others, 
and then we put our own personal metric on it. But that gift ain't for us. It's yes. for other people. And we'll keep other people from receiving the gift that was created to enrich their lives because we got an opinion about it. But ain't nobody ask us what our opinion was about it. it was for <laughs> us. Especially God. He don't need us to do his job. No. And I remember him talking to me. I tell this story all the time. I was riding in my car and it was just me. And I heard him talking to me like he was sitting in my passenger seat um, because I had gotten to the point where I was starting. To, I was on my self-healing journey and I was realizing a lot of things about myself. I was learning lessons and I was in a good space and I was feeling good about myself. And I heard him say, do you think I allowed you to go through all of that and learn these lessons just to keep it to yourself? I was like. I got mine. They got to get theirs. You know, they went through what I went through. Why? Why I got to help them? And anyway, God, I don't be telling people my business. I don't want people to know all the stuff I went through. So that means I got to double back. <laughs> and I got to tell people at that time when you thought my life was going good, it was really garbage behind the scenes. I don't uh -oh. want to have to go back and tell people that stuff. But he was like, you're going to do it. God said, look at here, look at here. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do it. Are you going to get whooped like you've been getting whooped all these years? You're going to do it. He said, listen, you can do it my way or you can do it the wrong way. The choice is yours. <laughs> <laughs> and your way hadn't been working. So I think mm. you need to try it my way. There you go. There you go. Look, you've been, uh, when you did your intro, you talked about, uh, your four sons. Is there another member of your family that you might want to mention to the people? Another member of my family? Yeah. No. What no. You mean? <laughs> Didn't one of your sons have a kid in recently? Oh, my 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 new grandbaby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, who are you talking about? Who are you trying to give me? <laughs> I'm sitting up there. I'm like, wait, man, I got the wrong person. You got to me right here live. Like, <laughs> you, see, you see, John out here trying to let folks know I'm a grandmammy. <laughs> it's, it's an impressive accomplishment because you don't look like nobody's grandmammy. But I'm just saying, you know, you got to show the swag that thing. You know what I'm saying? That's a blessing. You know what Yes, I'm it is. That's my girl because I ended up with four boys trying for a girl. So... <laughs> <laughs> so she's gonna be my girl you know i can borrow her and then i can give her back to her parents go sit down boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know that feeling you know i can't wait to get to the point where i just send them back you know yes <laughs> <laughs> yes but i'm excited about it i'm excited she's growing every day getting bigger they send me pictures all the time and videos and i go visit with her every weekend Mm-hmm. So before we let you go, do you have some parting thoughts that you want to give us? Leave us with something impactful like you've been doing for the entirety of the interview. <laughs> well, because I am a self-love coach, um, I would just like to leave everybody, you know, with some inspiration about, you know, just loving on yourself. And because I believe that the love we have for ourselves is the foundation that all of our relationships are built on. And if you look around 
at all of the relationships that you're actively participating in, if you are, you know, um, if you're if you're not feeling reciprocation, if you're feeling like you're in relationships that are not pouring back into you, that don't reflect the love that you give out, then you may want to do a self check because all of our relationships are a reflection of how we feel about ourselves and we teach people how to treat us. So if you're in relationships that are not reflecting how you really feel about yourself and there's a time for a change, either within or without. And that is facts. That is facts. facts. You got to love yourself because, you know, they want to parse down all of the rules and the laws and the commandments and what did Moses say and what did this person say and that say. And God said, listen, parse it down to two things. Love yourself and then love your neighbor as yourself. And we got we got plenty of energy to be loving up on our neighbors and talking about how we love our neighbors. But have we mm. taken the time to truly love ourselves? Because mm. we can't effectively love other folks until we love ourselves. We've got to model it to ourselves. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for and you know what? Me and me and Derek been talking about it, man. We chat, we chat up pretty often, man. And we've been talking about it. he wants to do some more panels and stuff and yes. some more work with you. So, you know, I'm pretty sure you're gonna be on the other side of the road with him <laughs> here real soon in the near future. And uh I think you know, we'll all get our collective together and do some panels and stuff. You got an event going on tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. So I'm gonna definitely Definitely be up in there telling <laughs> yep. crazy dating stories because I got some. <laughs> I'm going to be in the cut listening. <laughs> you going to be in the cut? Nah, 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 nah. You, you got to come to the forefront. Nah, nah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he got on the live one time and Tony, um, Tony Massey got on there and told the craziest dating story any of us have ever heard it was hilarious so you know i I gotta come in there with the heat i don't think i got anything as crazy as that story but i I got some shenanigans definitely so well i can't wait to hear them (laughs) (laughs) well y'all listen uh again thank you so much and uh again man we're gonna have you back we're gonna do some more things we're gonna build this collective up you know it's that time it's a new moon uh it's it's a season of self-empowerment self-love so man we stepping into a new future. I am very confident in that. I'm confident in uh, all of the folks that we're connected to. So again, thank you for coming. And I'm going to close like I always close. Listen, I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But I can help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And you can too. So why not we do it together? Y'all have a good one and we'll see you next time. I can't help myself.